Mike one, Mike one, isn't this a lot of fun? Two, 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 two. Did you, America? Well, hello there. Welcome to uh, Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. This is season two, episode... When are you going to learn to stop asking me that question? Jeremy's already in a bad mood because he's being hounded by a realtor on his phone that turned out to be a wrong number. I love this because the realtors are... So, because it's it's one of... you could, Basically, anyone could become a realtor in the States, right? right. You, most people who do it have other jobs uh, in, in the UK. You have to have some sort of qualification, and generally, if you rent or sell accommodation, it's a full-time thing. Whereas here, it's very much, for a lot of people, a part-time thing where they earn a bit of extra money on the side, and you can set yourself up, right? Right. I feel like for my generation, like the people who became realtors, they're the next generation of... Let's say like the kids in high school who want to be like DJs or musicians, you know, they're always on social media like, hey, look at what I'm doing. Buy my product, search, join my page. And like now all those people just do that for buying and selling homes. Yeah. And, and it is a incredibly competitive industry with no shame whatsoever. So I am very amused that you started getting wrong number calls from a realtor and when you responded, basically saying, will you leave me the F alone? This is not the number of who you think it is. They then responded saying, sorry, but by the way, if you want to buy a house, I've got some great deals. What's so annoying is this actually happens to me all the time. Like I always get texts from realtors. It's it's always a wrong number. They say like, whoever's number they're trying to reach, they'll say the person's name and then be like, hey, like, we're just reaching out, wondering if you want to sell this property. And normally, like, I just delete the text and ignore it. And then I, I don't hear from that number ever again until maybe a month later, a new number will text looking for the same person trying to buy their home. Right. But this person has been texting me for days, even though I haven't been responding. Like, hey, we're reaching out again. We left you a message. Like, please contact us. And finally, I just texted them wrong number. You would think at that point, like, just end the conversation. But then he sends me another text being like, hey, you use my services. Like, no, if I'm ever looking to buy a house, I will literally use anybody but you. I <laughs> saved your number. I saved your number so I can never use you to buy a home. I went through a period uh, when I lived in Arizona of um, just going to open houses for the fun of it because I, uh, I love to see the, I don't know why, I just uh, interested in, I, I would look at houses that would be way, way, way beyond what I could afford. Right. And I'd be intrigued as to what the interior was like. So I used to go to open houses for two reasons. One, just to snoop around in, in the afternoon, especially in Arizona, because if it was really hot during that day, it was a great way of saving money on air conditioning because you'd be in someone else's property. Right. While, right? And secondly... Um, realtors, uh, when they set up their open houses because it's so competitive, generally have the best cookies. Oh, yeah, so free you, cookies. So I basically would go to open houses on a Sunday afternoon for the sake of snooping around to save money on air conditioning and get a free lunch, basically, right? I actually own seven properties just because of my love of cookies. <laughs> they always get me to buy a home. I, uh, But the thing that you notice is once you go there, you know, they always get you to sign the sheet with your details. And then from that point onwards, 
forwards. They are just hounding you right. about all of the other deals that you've got. Uh, there was one particular realtor from Arizona. I think it probably took her about two years to get the message that I was never actually in the market to buy a property. <laughs> I, you know, I just wanted the chocolate chip cookies. <laughs> right. That was, you know, that was what I was in the market for. They made delicious cookies. I mean, sometimes she used to bring out cinnamon ones and oh. they were just, oh, I mean, amazing. I mean, I, I would go to the property and she'd be like, okay, you think that bedroom is good? Wait till you see the second bedroom. And I'd go, can we have another look at the kitchen? Because that's where the cinnamon cookies were. See, that's what a real realtor, will, a real good realtor will do is they'll start putting different desserts in different rooms. Like, oh, cookies in the kitchen, apple pie in the bedroom. <laughs> yeah. So let's do uh, some Texas news. Matthew McConaughey may be looking at running for Texas governor as a Texas native. Jeremy, are you into this? So normally I would say no. You know, I think the whole idea of celebrities with no political experience running for political positions has been a bit played out over the last four years. Right. You know? But in this case, I, I have to admit, I am a little bit intrigued. Now, Matthew McConaughey is a very confusing man. He, he lives the hippie lifestyle but he also comes off like he absolutely hates hippies. Can I just ask, are you judging this on real Matthew McConaughey or are you confused because he's an actor and he plays different roles and that's what actors do and that's what's confusing you? Well, I mean, if that's the case, then he is playing a role in his real life because anytime he's done an interview, he just comes off as the dude from Dazed and Confused. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. He, he for <laughs> sure repeats all right in his real life as well. <laughs> right. He for sure stands outside high schools and is like, mm-hmm. <laughs> them girls. In my uh, uh, year plus of, of living in Texas, he is um, a local celebrity who, who, who people really like. I remember, uh, I forget why we were doing it, but we were having a discussion on my old radio show one day about... Um, the uh what do you call it uh when you finish high school when graduation have, yeah graduation right. um I, I think in the context of the, the uk doesn't have that there's no big celebration where you go with the cap and yeah. you, you you know you go they up don't on get the stage. celebrities to do the commencement right but that was the point so i was having a conversation with some texans about you know is graduation kind of all it's cracked up to be or you know is it just a waste of time and there was a very much a 50 50 split from texans who either love their graduation or just thought it was some sort of um silly occurrence that that happens but one of the things that kept coming up was it might be worth having a graduation party because you never know if matthew mcconaughey is going to turn up <laughs> and, 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 and out of any celebrities who live in or are from texas he is apparently the one that turns up most regularly and so people were of the opinion if they had kids well if we go to the graduation for our kids we might meet matthew mcconaughey yeah like he's become our version of bill murray like he might show up Everyone has a crazy story that like no one will ever believe that involves Matthew McConaughey. He's just become like a, a mystical being, if you will. Is um, now the current governor Abbott? Um, should he be concerned if Matthew McConaughey does put his name on the ticket? Because if 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 people do really like McConaughey, if I was Abbott, I'd be thinking. I've already told them they can take off their masks and we're open to 100%. I thought that was going to move everyone on from the power outage disaster, and now I've got an A-list actor who's coming for my job. Right, I'd say that's like the one person he should be afraid of because, you know, if you want to take the position as, you know, 
really politicians don't really do much and they're better suited as just being like a figurehead. What better figurehead for Texas than Matthew freaking McConaughey? Right, yeah, 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 yeah. What about weed? Because that's n- not uh, legal here. And I was going to talk to you about uh, Seth Rogen's weed company. Because, you know, you might be described as somewhat partial to weed occasionally. Yeah, I mean, so not only that, but I also do love Seth Rogen. Now, before I grew out my hair super long, that was always the go-to celebrity that people would compare me to. A, because I do like to smoke pot on occasion. And B, because as our listeners know on this podcast, I have a very annoying laugh. Right. So, so I, you're short hair, you're Seth Rogen. Long hair, you're fat Walter Becker. Exactly. Or skinny Leslie West. Right. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some people might suggest that shorter hair suits you better then. I mean, I, if you asked anyone, know, would you rather be <laughs> fat Walter Becker, skinny Leslie West, or just Seth Rogen? Seth Rogen's probably going to win that poll. I like looking like a dirty hippie that might be homeless. That's just kind of my thing. It works for me. So Seth Rogen has been getting a lot of publicity this week because, uh, you know, he's he's big into weed and he started his own weed company and the, the publicity apparently has paid off because the demand was so huge. His website crashed. Apparently there's a waiting room that you can go into now. It's like trying to call AT&T to get something fixed, getting some Seth Rogen weed. <laughs> You're going to be on the phone for ages going through various different departments before you actually get to the person who's going to go, yes, we've, we can complete your transaction and we'll send you some weed. Right, like I was dying to hop on the website and just at least check it out, but there's no point because of where I live, there's no way of me getting any of Seth Rogen's weed. So I am not for or against because I've, I'm, you know, not into weed. I mean, I don't even uh, drink anymore, but would that be a play of Matthew McConaughey, oh. if he and I don't even know if as governor he would be able to do this. I don't know whether whether legis, legislative did I say that right? That's a word. Lines fall, but with you telling me that Matthew McConaughey can quite often come across as the kind of hippie stoner guy, then maybe uh, his play to be governor would be, uh, hey, I'll do it. You know what it is? His play is. Governor Abbott couldn't do decent deals with ERCOT to get your power going. I'll do a deal with Seth Rogen. (laughs) Right. See, I think Matthew McConaughey's move would be not to just like come out and say like, hey, if I get elected, we're legalizing weed. Because then a bunch of people won't support him. What he should do is just look people in the eye and say, the thing you expect me to do, I'm probably going to do it. And then people be like, oh my God, that was so cool. We want you. And then boom, all of a sudden, Texas is on a war path. We're legalizing weed. Screw it. We're legalizing gambling. Maybe we bring in prostitution. Who knows? Now we're Amsterdam. Call, bring in visitors. Who cares? This is the type of person we need to lead us. Now that, Abbott should be afraid of. He, instead, he's like, oh, you know, all open to full capacity. You guys want Rangers games? We're opening the stadium 100%. Nobody wants that. The Rangers are expected to be terrible this year. Give us weed. I do think it's funny that... Um there was outrage towards uh, Governor Abbott's uh, opening of businesses to 100% capacity and saying that you don't have to wear a mask, it will come down to the individual choices of the business. And then a few days ago this week, Rangers announced that they're going to operate to 100% capacity. But I, I, I read that as people aren't going to notice the difference. So I said this about the businesses open to 100% capacity. Texas has been almost 
open for business completely for months now. Yes, there's been restrictions on capacity, but if you went into a restaurant, you wouldn't notice that they were only at 70%. And if they're now at 100%, you literally wouldn't be able to tell the difference. With the Rangers, because they're such a bad team, they're never going to get anywhere near 100 capacity. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 they built, a, and I've been to it, when they, they built a massive, great new ballpark, which... They did. Um, they called it Peak at the Park, I guess, uh, about a year ago, where you could go in and see this amazing new facility that they've built. It's it's very very big. And again, you know, I don't know the ins and outs of sports, but them saying we're going to go to a hundred percent capacity, they won't get there, right? Because not enough people want to see a team that bad. No, this was absolutely a play for ticket sales. I mean, that, that when it comes down to it, they're trying to fill the stadiums, and you know, they've done all the right things. Or Maybe not, but they've said like, hey, we're going to still make you wear a mask and it applies with, you know, the rules that are allowed in Texas now. But, you know, we talked about this last week when uh, when Texas first announced they were going to be mm. reopening. I said, like, as much as I would like to have the liberal side of ideas here in the end, I was a bit of a hypocrite. I wasn't always the safest with COVID restrictions. And I'll have to admit, I was kind of the same hypocrite here with the Ranger Stadium. When it was first announced, I was disgusted. I was literally about to text you being like, we're talking about this on the pod. <laughs> I've never been so disgusted in my life to be a fan of the great Texas Rangers. I'll never go to a game again. And then yesterday, my friend texted me. He was like, hey, um, call me crazy, but do you want to go to opening day and i thought about it for how long well i said like opening day is april 5th you know my second vaccine appointment is march 23rd Uh, i think i kind of want to go to opening day Mm. what's the you know so in the end like if i'm vaccinated and i don't i wear a mask like what's the difference if there's a full stadium or it's at 70% capacity. Yeah. Well, they're going to have people distanced as well, which again, to your point about how bad the team are at the moment, distancing people in a huge new ballpark is probably pretty good. It's the same. (laughs) It's the same as my, my idea of socially distant gigs, whereby a band who used to be really popular who are no longer anywhere near that popular, if they play a socially distant gig, suddenly that band that have been relegated to clubs and theatres are an arena act, right? <laughs> right, yeah. It's, like we're selling it out. Yeah, literally, because of the, because of the restrictions. I did see uh, something, uh, and I took a picture of it. I think I sent it to you and a few friends. I was tempted to put it on social media, but I thought, no, because this kind of stuff just creates so much controversy. So um, the gym that I go to... Who's gym? Uh, <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah. That guy joke. The JYM that uh, I go to. G. He said JYM. Oh, yeah. Sorry. This is America, sir. We spell that <laughs> word with a, with a G. <laughs> I don't know how they do things over in England, but. Correct. Good, good, uh, good save. Yeah. Uh, the GYM. Okay. Um,. Uh, that I go to uh, on Wednesday this week, which was the first day that, the, you know, you didn't have to have your mask on and uh, that everything went to 100% capacity for, for, I don't know, for almost a year now. There's been a, you know, uh, if you put signs on doors, you can put like the perspect thing to put a sign in. Right. Um, so for about a year, there, there was this perspect thing on the door with a, a sign in it that said uh, 50% capacity at the gym and how many people 50% capacity was. Right. And uh, now... 
there is just the perspex on the, the, the door to the gym. There's, there's nothing in it. And I took a picture and, and I was this close to putting it on social media, but I thought, no, too much controversy. But I did send it to a bunch of people to wind them up. And I, and I, and I said, um, this is where there used to be a sign saying 50% capacity in the gym, no more. And then all in uppercase, freedom! <laughs> you turn the camera and the piece of paper's like burning on the ground. <laughs> I do love that like every business in Texas is either like, put up their sign like we either respect the rules but you'll still have to wear a mask or the other side where they're like here in texas we believe in freedom you choose if you want to wear a mask <laughs> there is one area though that sadly the this uh new reopening no mask mandate didn't come down in time enough for and that's saint patty's day weekend now, oh you never got to experience the dfw saint patty's day parade but my friend it is a shit show. I everywhere I've been in different parts of the states on St. Patrick's Day, and it is off the scale carnage everywhere. Yes. Because I don't know whether it's the same in DFW. Because quite frankly, because because COVID happened about six weeks after I moved to the great state of Texas. Even though I've been here for more than a year now, I've still barely experienced most of it, and you still don't know that many people. But I remember when I lived in New York. Everyone, and maybe this is more of an East Coast thing, everyone who I would meet who was an American living in New York, as soon as they heard I was British, their immediate response was, oh, I'm half Irish. Like everyone, <laughs> everyone every, every, every American. That's because everyone living on the East Coast is half right, Irish. That, that's, that's, that's what they believe. Yeah. And, and, and because of that there, but I've seen it in other parts of the States as well. Because of that belief that they've got s some degree of Irish in them, it is a green light for just absolute carnage on the the, the weekend oh, yeah. or the week around St. Patrick's Day. My grandma was born in Scotland, and on St. Paddy's Day weekend, Scotland turns into Ireland for me, pal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So anyway, are you going to the Rangers game? Uh, so that's the other thing is, you know, they announced that they're going to be at full capacity, but yet they haven't, like announce like where you can get these tickets yet so i'm trying to find tickets if anyone's got a hookup let me know i'm sure there are lots of tickets available as right. to our previous point right i'm no, sure, sure i'm sure you can find them well opening day usually even if the team's expected to be bad already generally sells out but now especially it's definitely gonna sell out so maybe i'll go to the second or third game i'm for sure going to some games this year yeah yeah totally all right let me remind you about uh, song of the week before we move on if you would like to vote there is a poll on my Twitter. I am at Ian Camfield on Twitter, or you can vote by the uh, via the website didyouamerica.com/song. Uh, my choice this week: "Pay Your Way in Pain" by Saint Vincent. My song is "Leave the Door Open" by Silk Sonic, and uh, New York producer going with "Spinning" by No Rome, Charlie XCX, and the 1975. So they're your three choices. Pay Your Way in Pain by St. Vincent, Leave the Door Open by Silk Sonic, or Spinning by No Rome with Charlie XCX and the 1975. slash song if you want to vote via the website or go to the poll, which is uh, on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter. And I know I've said this for like a month now, and this is terrible of me. People keep on writing in, and, and, and you, you can correspond with us via the website. We do appreciate it, and we do take notice of what you say. And even though I've been promising that we'll get to some listener feedback for the last 20 zillion episodes, we are going to do that, and we will do that today next in part two. So stand by.
All right, let's do part two of Did You America? He's Jeremy. I'm Ian Camfield. Uh, don't forget, if you want to reach out to the show, didyouamerica.com is where you can find us. Uh, I, uh, I promise today we will get to some listener feedback. So if you've written in recently, we'll probably be uh, giving you a mention. Uh, if you do get in touch, you can uh, click be on the show and leave us a voice message if you want to, or uh, just uh, type us a message for anything you would like to correspond regarding. You can also buy one of our Did You America t-shirts uh, via the website, um, which are emblazoned with the American flag colors and uh, the words Did You America, and then on the label in the t-shirt, because I, I discovered when designing these t-shirts that labels count. Um, the label says, Camfield, America, F yeah. Doesn't get more American than that. And how great do these uh, t-shirts feel, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. Actually, let's go straight to the listener feedback, because someone wrote in regarding the t-shirts, partly. Oh. Um, hello to uh, Nikki, who said, uh, Ian, I'm a huge fan uh, from Phoenix. Uh, I used to listen to you when you were on the radio there and missed you until I discovered this podcast. I'm all caught up now and look forward to every show. Nice. So thank you very much for that, uh, Nikki. Um, I used to do another podcast with uh, some people that I worked with in Phoenix, and Nikki was curious as to what happened to that podcast. So uh, let me just deal with that for a second, um, because she said that... Um, they were fun, and then one day they just completely disappeared. Oh no! Yeah. Well, here's the thing, Nikki. So I used to do. Uh, I, I I I don't want to break this news to you, Jeremy, but there was a time that I used to do what we do with another man. What? I know. I'm out of here. <laughs> Try finding another one after me. <laughs> <laughs> and um. People, uh, you know, like this podcast, people uh, enjoyed that podcast. Um, but we were doing it, you know, I always joke about the fact that we do this podcast from my kitchen table. And the upside to doing it from my kitchen table is that it gives us autonomy. The previous podcast I used to do um, was sort of tied in with the previous company that I used to work for. And um, everything was good with that podcast. And people really, really liked it until oh, no. some high level execs from the company I was working for decided to listen. And to be, <laughs> to be fair, we got through a good year's worth of podcasts before they, they, they ever listened. And we were doing really well with the numbers of downloads and all those kind of statistics. And I think the execs would just used to see that on a graph and go, Oh, that's good. We're doing well in the podcasting world. And then one day, one of them said, you know what? I, I should take a listen to what all these people are downloading and listening to and the said exec took a listen and then went what the fuck <laughs> so essentially what you're saying is thank god we don't have any executives listening to this podcast I, i'm just saying that when you um do the podcast from um your kitchen table i guess the only people that we would be beholden to are the people that own the apartment complex that i live in who <laughs> might go oh my god you're broadcasting that filth from one of our apartments right i've been waiting for them to kick you out just for that anyway uh, there, there, there was a, there was a, a, um, a, a, an occurrence um, Nikki where uh, I was called into one of the boss's offices and um, he read a communication that had been sent by another boss um, that outlined some of the things that we'd done on the podcast that they found maybe a little too overtly sexual oh. or offensive dick jokes I I didn't think that it was ridiculous to do a gay reboot of the show Columbo and suggest. Actually, you know what? I'm not even going to repeat what we did. But I, 
<laughs> Nikki, just be happy that that's gone and you got me yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a new dawn from our kitchen table. Um, but I will say that the boss who, who read the email didn't actually, didn't actually say anything of his own accord. He just said, I've had an email from the big bosses. I'm just going to read it to you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... Um, what basically happened was, I think we, we, we were basically censored in what's meant to be an uncensored world. That previous podcast became too offensive for the whole of the internet. Oh, no. And, uh, and, and the reason it disappeared is because the, those people said, uh, oh, my God, we've got to get rid of this. Like, take it down now. Yeah. Take it down now. <laughs> so that's what happened with that. Um, Anyway, uh, Nikki says, uh, keep up the good work. I love hearing about your life back home in England, especially the stories about your dad. We should do an update on my, on, on, on my dad. Let's I, do it. We did, didn't we have a, something on the list of things to talk, to, uh, talk about? Because I feel like um, I was, oh, it's about his failing Wi-Fi. I'll give you an update on my dad in a second, Nikki. Um, she said, I would love to buy a shirt, but the design isn't something I would wear. Do we need, like, a pink version? I'm confused. I think she's saying that she doesn't want to walk about in a T-shirt that is emblazoned with American flag colors. Do you want, like, a like a Canadian flag? What are we doing here? She said, I would totally wear one if it had your adorable little avatar dude on it. So ah. if, it, if it had, you know, me looking like me or you looking like Fat Walter Becker that we post in the, the social media. That seems more like a coffee mug thing than a T-shirt thing. You or know? I, well, we, I did actually have a conversation with someone about doing some mer more merch um, only last week. And we were talking about the idea of taking um, those little avatar um versions of us and putting them on fridge magnets so i think you're fridge magnets coffee mugs that okay. kind of thing yeah you I know. like it um she says just the thought so I like the thought nikki yeah. you're hired maybe make we, them for us <laughs> yeah how about that seeing as you've boycotted our t-shirts right. because you're not a patriot get out <laughs> Yeah, if you're going to boycott our T-shirts, the least you can do is invest some serious time and effort in making a few hundred fridge magnets and mugs for us with our cartoon pictures on them. <laughs> Them's the rules. We don't make them, we just enforce them. Anyway, Nikki, I appreciate you taking the time to write. It was uh, lovely to uh, to hear from you. And uh, yeah, we, 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 we will take your... Uh, your merchandise uh, ideas uh, seriously, and maybe we can do something with that. Uh, Colt wrote in and said, why do you hate Oasis? This is where we're getting to stuff that we probably talked about weeks and weeks ago. Um, I don't hate Oasis. They're just a band who made two very good albums and then went really shit. Is I feel that like this is not the first person even to like ask in with that question. I feel like you've had to answer this before with another listener. I guess, yeah. Well, because there's certain Americans, and I see them all over social media, that think Oasis are like the second coming of Christ. And um, Oasis is like the royal family. No one understands why Americans love them so much, but they do. Yeah, um, I just... They're just massively overrated. And, and also... This is going back 20-odd years now, but I, even as a Brit, you know, who's an American at heart, I've never really forgiven Oasis for, in their early days, off the back of, um, it was either the first or second album, but certainly when they were releasing some very, very good music, because you know, those first two albums are really strong, um, had the opportunity to uh, put in the legwork of doing an extensive American tour with a great uh, catalog at that point and the interest of America and potential support of media and radio back when those kind of things mattered. But they were such work-shy Brits 
that because in America they were going to be playing clubs, whereas in the UK they were already headlining uh, festivals and in some cases stadiums, and, and America was a slightly harder audience for them to work, they mapped out a two-month tour of America like British bands do early on in their career when they want to crack America, and Oasis decided that they'd give up after two weeks because it was too much fucking effort. So you hate England so much that you also dislike Oasis because they love England and didn't want to come to America. No, I, 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 no I hate that because that sums up one of the key reasons why I hate the UK because they're so work shy and don't have any kind of drive or ambition. When you were Oasis at that point, you had the opportunity to crack America predominantly because we didn't know how shit the rest of your albums were going to become after, this, <laughs> after the second one. So you're, you're, you're touring with a good catalogue. America is is hungry for some reason america is naturally curious about british things so you had the chance to be for want of a better term another british invasion you know like right. there had been in the 60s and then in the 80s with people like the cure and the smiths and all that kind of stuff um but after two weeks, you didn't put in the effort and you decided that you just fuck off home. That basically means that you were given, you were gifted a great opportunity, which to your credit was down to the strength of the songs that you had at that point. And then you, you managed to piss off an entire continent in less than two weeks. If, they, if that doesn't speak to the lack of ambition and laziness of Brits, I don't know what does. Yeah, see, I gotta say, I'm pretty indifferent with Oasis. Like, you know, don't get me wrong, Wonderwall's a jam, but if I never heard another Oasis, Oasis song again, I'd be perfectly fine. That being said, Oasis really does need to be considered for the next band to get a biopic because the stories of the fights of those two brothers alone is enough to fill three hours. Well, the fact that the band split up back in 09 when in the UK they were still, um, uh, you know, an arena and uh, festival headlining act and they split up because a show, a huge show got cancelled one night because the fallout between the brothers pre-show was so bad that Liam smashed all of Noel's guitars. I mean, like... <laughs> well, see, even when you hear stories from them, it goes back really far. Like, I remember hearing an interview with one of them. They said, like, when I was when they were 15, he, like, came home drunk and pissed on the other one's new speaker system, and they got into a fight from that moment. Now, why, why did their parents ever let them continue to play together? Me and my brother growing up, anytime we played video games, basketball outside, anything competitive it always ended in a fight where it finally got to the point where my parents were like you guys can't play with each right, other anymore right. what's wrong with the Gallagher mother well brace yourself I'm about to say something controversial oh, no. you could suggest that if the parents had intervened at the point one of them was pissing on the other one's uh, <laughs> hi-fi which is a great story then Oasis would never have happened because if they were stopped playing together, if they were prevented from playing together at such an early age, then obviously later on they wouldn't have formed the band. I would suggest that the point at which the parents should have stepped in to stop them from playing together was the point at which mum or dad heard the demos for the third album and said, you've, <laughs> you've gone really shit now. You should just stop. They should have stepped in when 15-year-old child was getting so drunk he was pissing on speakers. <laughs> That's a problem. Um, Colt, does that answer your question? Uh, Jonathan, again, this is going back a few weeks now, but <laughs> Jonathan alerted me to a uh, an Instagram um, profile 
which celebrates Knight Rider. You thought I couldn't celebrate it any more than I already do? Oh no. I found some Knight Rider fans' uh, Instagram page where they post anniversaries of key Knight Rider episodes, and on the video of the Instagram post, they'll put together a montage of what happened in those in those instances. And because we've spoken about this so extensively on Did You America before, Jonathan alerted me to the fact that a few weeks ago, it was 34 years since the episode Goliath Returns aired, which is the return of David Hasselhoff playing the double part. If I had to guess, I would say Jonathan is most likely the admin of that Instagram profile, and he was very excited to get his sixth follower. It, 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 does, it doesn't matter. You're in a good club, Jonathan. You're in a good... I mean, I do... I, it actually led me to, to another Instagram account where some people, and these are people clearly with more money than sense, and possibly the only people on the planet who like Knight Rider more than I do, um, they've got a business where it's their life's quest to find things that were used in episodes of Knight Rider, and they basically seek out where they are, buy them, and then do them up so they look like they did in Knight Rider. And I'm not exaggerating. The, the, Knight Rider, the, they used to, the kit used to drive into this massive truck that was like right. where they did his maintenance. I don't know why he couldn't go just to a garage like everyone else. I mean, I know it would have to be a super garage because Kit was a supercar. But when he when he checked in for maintenance, it was always done in the back of a moving truck. Yeah, because moving trucks are way more stealth than garages. Whatever. Anyway, one of the trucks that was used to be the super mechanic hub to fix Kit was in a scrapyard somewhere in the middle of the desert, somewhere in America. And this Instagram account went into great detail about how it had taken them years to find that there was still basically the relic of an old Knight Rider truck. Remember, this isn't a kit car or something. It's just a random truck that was used. And they went into this great detail about how it was in terrible shape, but they, they, they basically scraped three paint jobs below the latest paint job, and they found it was the same color. And anyway, they went to the scrapyard. They offer this guy some money for it. They take what is basically scrap metal that just about still resembles a truck, and they're now rebuilding it to make it look like it did in 1986 on an episode of Knight Rider. Rider. I think we have officially found people that are more into Knight Rider than me. All right, I take back what I said before. That page isn't run by Jonathan. It's clearly run by David Hasselhoff because <laughs> no one knows that much about Knight Rider. I, David Hasselhoff doesn't know that much about Knight Rider. <laughs> David Hasselhoff has sold all of the replica kit cars that he owns. Meanwhile, there are these super fans that are basically buying scrap metal in the desert thinking that they were the truck that was used in Knight Rider and rebuilding it to make it look like it did 30 years ago. I mean, that is obsession to a ridiculous degree. I just get excited when David Hasselhoff's acting badly with a fake moustache and a cane playing the double part. These people are, <laughs> these people are trying to replicate a truck. It is ridiculous. So anyway... um. Thank you to those people who uh, reached out. And if you do want to uh, get in touch and uh, communicate with us regarding anything to do with the show, didyouamerica.com is where you can go. Uh, if you're confident about your speaking voice, and I'm sure it's beautiful, um, if you click be on the show, you can actually uh, just talk at your device and uh, send us a voice message. Or if you uh, want to uh, actually uh, just type us a message, you can do that as well. Didyouamerica.com, the place to go to for um, all of that stuff. Oh, Nikki wanted a dad update. Yeah, I was going to tell you. Right, yeah. So here's the latest 
ridiculous story with my dad. I should st- maybe compile these and do a coffee table book. At least a consistent segment on this show. You yeah. Know? So here's the latest thing. My dad lives by himself in Essex in the UK uh, in the same house that um, my sister and I grew up in. I I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, you know, my mum sadly passed away a a few years ago, but my dad lives near my my sister and she's got a young family. So, you know, that gives him uh, stuff to do. Um, However, bearing in mind that we all miss my mum and certainly no one misses her more than my dad uh, because he's still in the, you know, the same house that he lived with her for 40 odd years. Um you would think that he would be quite enthusiastic to keep in touch with his son via technology, his son being me, now I live 5,000 miles away. And our way of doing that is every weekend, um, we always have a a FaceTime conversation, Right. right? It's normally on a Sunday. Sometimes he moves it to a Saturday. It will depend on the Premiership soccer schedule. Um, I like your dad more and more every week. I already got a a text message this morning. We're recording this on a Friday, requesting that we move the day because here's he said, can we do it on Saturday as in tomorrow? Because there's an Arsenal game on and there's another game on. And then then I'm like, okay, fine. So I I have to fit around the, the Premiership. But aside from that, It happens with consistency. Only the problem now is my dad has been using the most outdated modem for his Wi-Fi in his house for for, for years and years now. And it's got to the point where if we have an hour's FaceTime, my dad likes uh, consistency. The consistency can change according to the premiership. But outside of that, he likes a schedule and he likes things to run to time. And somehow it always became that the, the, the weekly FaceTime will be 60 minutes. To the extent that if I'm in the middle of telling a very important story about a development in my life, and we are in, say, the 57th minute of the FaceTime, he starts to, like, get shifty in his seat, <laughs> like, start to look uncomfortable. And I've literally <laughs> had FaceTimes with him where I'm telling him something that is of great importance, right? And if it goes over 60 minutes, he'll get up out of his armchair and start moving around the house, doing other stuff, <laughs> as if to say, time's up. Right, like he's so had enough. You've had, you've had your allotted time. But so, you know, you, you get the gist of how our, um, how our FaceTimes work. So, but he's got this modem issue, right? And basically, in the last few months, and it's been several months now, I can't have a 60-minute FaceTime with him, and as I've just described, they are 60 minutes each week, right? right? Without needing to call him back at least eight times. Oh, that's annoying. Because as a result of this outdated modem, his Wi-Fi keeps crashing. So basically, initially, I, I thought it was because he was using an old phone or something, but what we've deduced is... Because he hasn't updated his modem in so long, the modem's so old, it can't cope with the amount of Wi-Fi that's being squirted up it, right? (laughs) I'm describing this in layman's terms. yeah. (laughs) So because of this, doing something which by technical standards is obviously something quite simple now, having a FaceTime conversation using the Wi-Fi means that it keeps crashing. 
And he said to me, oh, you know why? I think it's because my, my, my modem's so old. And, and I said, well, you know, you can, get a, uh, you can get a new one. And he said, oh, you know, the internet company that he uses are constantly sending him emails about how outdated it is. So, <laughs> so they're even like, dude, you got to update. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he, it took him several weeks of me saying, dad, this is ridiculous. I like talking to you every week, but I shouldn't have to call you back eight or nine times during an hour because the, the, you know, the, 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 the FaceTime keeps on freezing that often. And then eventually he went, oh, you know what it might be? I keep on getting these emails. And I went, well, for fuck's sake, they're offering you. The, and I said, you don't need to do anything about it. They will come round and they'll unplug the old one and take and plug in the new one. And suddenly, and he'll go, yeah, but you know, I don't have any problem with anything else that I do. I'm like, it's not about any, I'm your son. You, you can't have a continuous conversation once a week with your son from 5,000. He goes, you know, I mean, I can, you know, I can go on Arsenal's website and read all those articles fine. And, um, you know. What else do you need in life? Amazon works fine. And I go, Oh, but it doesn't matter that I have to call you back eight times in an hour. That's absolutely fine. I said, get them to come round and do it for you. And this is this is one of the most my dad, typical my dad things that I'm about to say. He then goes, oh, yeah, but, you know, I can't do that. And I said, well, why can't you do that? Well, because the modem's behind the TV. I'd have to unplug the TV and move all that, and that's really hell, uh, really heavy. I can't, I, I can't, <laughs> you mean I, I have I, to go I, I five minutes with the TV off? It's not about five minutes with the TV off. He's got one of those... Uh, it's not super old, but one of the... Um, when people started getting big widescreen TVs, right? right. Uh, you know, they're quite light now because the technology's come on. Yeah. He, he's got one of the TVs that is big and widescreen, but when they were still really heavy, right? Oh, so they have like a thickness to it. Right. It's not just like the little glass right. screen. So, and he goes, and I said, my brother-in-law will help you, right? My sister's husband. They live 15 minutes away. They'll come around. Oh, yeah, but then they'll have to come around. Of course, he hates anyone coming around the house. <laughs> and you I mean said, I have to have my daughter over? No, I, thank I have, you. And my grandkids? <laughs> what a fucking inconvenience. Who wants that? <laughs> right? So I said, you... Wh- so you, you could get the new modem. We know what the problem is. We could fix the problem, but you won't do it because you and your son-in-law would have to pick up the TV and basically disconnect some wires and then reconnect them when the people have come around. Yeah, I can't be bothered with all that, was his (laughs) response. So, so, right, we now have a plan, because I was telling my sister this about how ridiculous this is. It's my dad's birthday in a few months' time, and on occasion, my sister will go to his house with her kids and because my dad has such a regimented schedule, like he, he doesn't have anything else to do apart from spend time with his grandkids and stuff, but he still has to go shopping on certain days of the week at yeah. a certain time. He's got that old person type thing, right? So my sister said that what she's going to do is deliberately go to the house one day when she knows it's his shopping schedule, wait till he goes out to do his shopping because that buys them an hour or two. And then she's going to try and schedule a new delivery of modem during that time. 
during that time, she'll lift up the TV with her husband, do, like so the people can come in and do that. And then my dad will come back, and maybe we could have installed a whole new modem, and he won't even notice that it's happened. Now, for you and your sister and everyone else involved that's not your dad, that sounds like a great plan. But you know something's going to go wrong. He's going to show up, and someone's going to be there fixing it, and he's going to absolutely freak out. You know what you need to do for your dad's birthday this year? Uh-huh. Just don't call him. Just <laughs> leave him alone for 24 hours. He is he will never be happier. <laughs> I all this story taught me is that like it so defined why I'm a millennial. Like we've talked about I'm not exactly the most tech savvy millennial out there, right. but when I was without internet for a little over a week, like my life ended over it your dad is dealing with basically like dial-up still and he's like no it works perfectly for me i got arsenal <laughs> but yeah literally i can read the articles on the arsenal website and i can order books on amazon and i'm like but what about your son from five thousand miles away wouldn't you like to have a, a, an uninterrupted conversation he had like 20 years with you <laughs> i think that might be the point <laughs> that might be the point well anyway my dad's birthday is at the start of April, so I don't know because you are correct. After my, my sister uh, spawned this plan when I was FaceTiming with her, and on the FaceTime initially, we both thought it was amazing. And then it was about it's a few weeks ago that she came up with this. We have both sent one another text messages since going, I, 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 I don't know about Well, to your point about the kind of ridiculous things that freak out my dad, the point at which my sister thought that maybe this plan wasn't going to go to plan was she was around his house the other day and he freaked out because um, she had she was going to make him a cup of tea and he <laughs> she hadn't taken the milk out of the fridge with enough time before making the cup of tea to let the chill off of the milk, even though if you put a little bit of milk in tea, as people do, yes, the milk is cold, but on top of that, you are putting a load of hot water that just came out of the kettle. Right. But she went to make a cup of tea, having not taken the milk bottle out of the fridge for, I don't know what the prescribed amount of time is. Let's say it's 10 minutes before anybody, oh my God, you haven't taken the milk out of the fridge. Like it was the end of the world. See, you keep describing all these things as your dad being crazy. I see him more and more as me and him would be best friends. <laughs> so there's an update for you. Uh, we had so much other stuff to get to. Um, William Shatner's about to be 90. I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about the official end of Pink Floyd, according to Dave Gilmore. But you know what? That stuff can wait. Uh, we'll get to it eventually. If you want to write into the show, then uh, see, we do read your comments, and every so often we do address them. Right, it just <laughs> takes about a month for us to get to them. <laughs> no, we will keep on doing listener feedback with uh, more regularity now. Didyouamerica.com is the place to go to if you want to send us uh, any messages uh, relating to anything we've discussed or anything we've not discussed. And uh, that is also where you can go uh, to buy our uh, Did You America t-shirts uh, that feel amazing. Do they not, Jeremy? Oh, so good on your nipples. Did we America today? This isn't Did You Russia.